you know, there's going to be a game later, and we're recording now, but it's okay. Yeah, it's just going to be another L. No, it's not. We're going to be they. The Heat have nobody tonight. Neither do the Cavs. <laughs> All right, do you want to welcome people back? Folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe It's Time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, hit the panic button. Hit that panic button. It's time to panic. (laughs) We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, do we have a show for our listeners tonight, we are going to delve deep into Kyrie's impact on winning. We're going to talk Stat Station, a.k.a. Jared Allen's Revenge Tour. We are going to get an open roster spots to watch. And then, as if that weren't enough, Simon, we're going to hit and hit hard a little special segment called Trios. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is precisely what we shall do. <laughs> okay. So, uh, welcome back, folks. Nets Nation. We were feeling real, real high. First two games of James Harden's arrival. We beat the Magic, not convincingly, but we beat them. And then we stomp on the best team in the East, the likely conference champion. Uh, sorry, conference finals uh, rival that we'll face, the Milwaukee Bucks. We beat them down convincingly. And then but we just won by like two points. Yeah, it was a close game, but we won. <laughs> but we won. Yeah. Also, we were in control of that game. Yeah. Uh, the point is, Simon, we got two W's in a row with James Harden. Then something changes. Kyrie comes back, baby. Um, and we immediately lose two games to a Cleveland Cavaliers team who is exciting, um, but certainly not good. No one would consider them a contender. No one would consider, I mean, they're fringe playoff team and they beat us two, two nights in a row, each game by 12 points. One of them was double overtime to be fair. Still, we lost both games. Oh, Simon, it sounds like you aren't feeling very good right now about Nets Nation. Yes, correct. I hate this team. Uh, (laughs) Like, I just feel like since the trade, every loss is 10 times more impactful to me because it's not only a loss, but it is like all I think about are the eight or seven years of no draft picks that we're going to have as a, you know, all for the great pleasure of a team that is 500. And, uh, I also just feel like I, I know people will say it's just two games relax, but it really is, you know, like 18 games where we've basically been around a 500 team, maybe a little bit better than a 500 team. We, we win a few, then we lose a few, um, and throughout all of it, uh, regardless of whether Kyrie's in or not, um, our defense is horrible. We've been talking about it since before this season began that our defense was going to be horrible. And instead of addressing the defense at all, um, our, um, GM has 
pretty much tripled down on being bad at defense. Uh, and I know you'll get into that with Jared Allen, but we have yet to actually acquire anyone who's good at playing defense. And thus it's not surprising that we are bad at it. In addition to which, when you have three stars playing at the same time, that means that they are going to have to guard good players. You can't hide three people. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm feeling down. How are you feeling? Ooh, Simon, this is unlike you. You're the <laughs> Nets optimist. Yeah. You saw nothing but good things when Kyrie came to town. He doesn't work here anymore. I mean, <laughs> Kyrie does. I don't. All right. So the way I want to get into this, and I and I hope, uh, you know, get into my feelings about this anyway, Simon, is through the lens of Kyrie's impact on winning. Okay. And so I wanted to, I want to use that as our way into discussing bigger Nets issues like our defensive woes, like whether this trio of superstars is going to work together, things like that. I want to look at it through the lens of Kyrie's impact on winning. So this season, Simon, as you know, he's putting up spectacular numbers, jaw-dropping numbers, 29.4 points a game. 4.4 rebounds, 5.7 assists on insane efficiency. His true shooting percentage is 63%. But, That's Simon, and there is a, a all-caps blinking but here, okay? Last season with Kyrie, in 20 games, the Nets were 8-12. and 12. That's mm-hmm. substantially below 500. This season with Kyrie Irving, they are 4-5. and five. Um, and that is with minimum one MVP level player next to him, right? Last season, maybe you could ascribe it to the team not having enough talent, um, which is debatable because they were better than that when he wasn't playing. Um, but this season he undeniably has talent around him and has had talent around him, but they just don't win when he's playing. Uh, so... That raises the question of whether this big three is going to work. And the first two games with KD and Harden playing, uh, it's not been good. We've, I mean, we've, as we've said, we've lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But there are really, really ominous issues to my mind. And the biggest issue for me is that Kyrie's usage rate in the two games that he's come back, one of which had KD, both of which had James Harden. His usage rate has been 34% in those games. 34%, which is insane. Um, That's about as high a usage rate as you can get. Meanwhile, James Harden's usage rate has been 20%, and KD, in the one game he played, was 27%. So, Simon, why is Kyrie the alpha here? Why is Kyrie the one a in a team of three superstars, two of whom are better than him? So I actually, I have a a different opinion than you on, on this particular thing. I, I do think Kyrie just off the top definitely does not help a team win. I'm firmly with you on that broader point. Um, but to me, I'm actually not disappointed. I'm I'm not upset by the the usage numbers just because he had two fantastic games. Like last game, he took something like 28 shots or something or 26 shots, but he shot 58 percent and 44 percent from three. Like I'm I am fine with somebody who is as hot as that 
taking a ton of shots, even if he overall should be the third the third star. I don't really have a problem with with the other two taking a back seat in a given game if he's if he's playing like that. Can I but, can I give you a couple other numbers? Sure. So in the again, super small sample size, Kyrie in those two games has a negative net rating. Negative ten point eight, whereas James Harden is negative five point one, so half is mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant, clearly our best player, has a positive one point nine rating in those games. Yeah. Also in those games, yes, he is scoring many more points, um, and as we talked about, touching the ball quite a bit more. But James Harden is averaging three times as many assists. Currently, in those in those games, Kyrie's averaging four assists. James Harden's averaging 12.3 assists and uh, over, the, over his first four games with the Nets. And over the last two games, Kyrie is averaging 1.5 rebounds, whereas Harden is averaging over eight. So, yes, Kyrie is certainly scoring and scoring efficiently, but his net rating is a massive negative. He, he's, not, he's not passing the ball much, obviously, um, and assisting much, and he's not providing any rebounds. And his defensive rating in those games is absolutely catastrophic it's like 128 which yeah. is about the, the the you know historically bad defensive rating yeah absolutely i mean and then the, the whole team is terrible defense but Kyrie, i would say you know how the like the saying is like oh x player makes winning plays mm-hmm. i would say Kyrie makes losing plays so for example um there was a game in the there was a, a play in the first game against Cleveland, I believe it was in the first overtime, where Kyrie was guarding um, a Sexton, and Sexton didn't have the ball. The Cavs had the ball. Somebody on the Cavs shot the ball, missed. Sexton ran from the three-point line to the rim and got the offensive rebound, whereas Kyrie like let him blow right by, had no interest in the rebound, didn't box him out at all. And I, I just think that that's a microcosm of exactly the way Kyrie plays. He does not do any of the little things. He doesn't like. He's just not focused on anything that that it takes to win other than scoring. So I, I agree with you on 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 those on those points for sure. Yeah, I mean he's transcendently skilled, right? He is one of the greatest ball handlers of all time. He's one of the greatest finishers of all time. He's a really efficient scorer. But none of that adds up to what you need to win games. Now, all of this is based on an extremely small sample. So we don't, you know, to be to be a little bit more charitable and optimistic, um, they haven't figured it out. It's obviously not set in stone that Kyrie is going to be getting 34% usage while the other two are going to be languishing at career low usage rates, right? But why, what... What makes you optimistic now? Because I feel like we've 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 laid out the doom and gloom. Kyrie is is not helping this team win. Will never help this team win. But that's uh, you know even even an overreaction zone, which I think we're in right now, is untrue. Like what? How how could this write itself? What would they need to do to make it work? And this is assuming there's no trades or anything. Yeah. Uh. I think that they they need to stagger Harden and, and Kyrie. They they certainly did that last night. It didn't help. 
but I think that is step one. Step two, play Bruce Brown, you know, 28, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I I really do strongly believe that he is a key to win. He had a, a, I think it was a plus six or something, um, net rating last, uh, last night, despite the fact we lost by 12. Um, what was the stat his... that you that you shared or tweeted about um, regarding like his playing time corresponding oh. to wins? Oh yes, he the Nets are six and one now six and two because we lost last night and he played over twenty minutes. But they 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 are six and two when he plays twenty minutes or more. Um, and I have not looked at this, but I would suspect that every time Landry Shamit plays any amount of minutes, we suck. Because that guy, speaking of somebody who, who needs to take fewer shots, Landry is my number one. He was 0 for 6 yesterday. Every shot he takes is a wasted opportunity. I hope he gets glued to the bench. He has been, so he has been a complete disaster this season, and it's, it's mm-hmm. incredibly disappointing. Uh, we gave up. A first-round pick for this guy, uh, you know, a, a young. We don't have any young players now that Jared Allen's gone, who uh, who are any good. Uh, Sadiq Bay would have been at least playable, whereas yeah. Landry Shaman is getting to the point where, like you said, like why isn't he just on the bench now? Yeah, I, I, I there's no one I would rather see on on our team. Less so one issue, though, when we're when we're talking about gluing uh, bench guys uh, to, <laughs> to the bench, one yeah. issue that is definitely coming up and worth talking about is the, the playing time. Oof. And they, they, they are running, you know, Kevin Durant and, and James Harden are playing 50 minutes uh, in a double <laughs> overtime game. This is this is classic Dan Tony, you know, yes. like you don't get past like seven guys on a fucking bench. Yes. Um, he's making he's he's making Thibodeau look like um, like a, you know, health science uh, guru here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's playing these guys and they're playing these guys into the ground or huge numbers of minutes. Um, so we definitely need the bench to get more involved. That's difficult when we are missing so many players, uh, right? But but how how do you think they should get more people from the bench involved to sort of lessen the weight on these stars? Uh, great cue. Um, I. Th- I- I feel like I, I don't really have any great answers. I think I think that it will help when we get that guy that we're going to be talking about later, whose name I don't remember. Um, but but I do think Norvell Pele. Norvell Pele, thank you, because I, I do think Reggie Perry, who is as great a pickup as you can expect from a late second round, but um, is a rookie and a late second rounder, and is probably not at NBA level right now. Um, and he's, he just hemorrhages speaking of plus minus, like it is like he plays eight minutes and he's like a minus 13. (laughs) Um, like we, we gotta get somebody to take those minutes. I truly don't care who. Um, but I think maybe playing Joe Harris on the bench could, could help as well as at least one of the, the um, you know staggering our our stars, but yeah, the the minutes are truly truly worrying, especially because yeah. Katie has a 
very serious injury he's coming off of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I miss Torian Prince. I think I miss Rodion's <laughs> Kudutz quite a lot. I will never miss Torian Prince. But, uh, <laughs> he torched us. Yes, he had the best game of his, uh, of his season. Um, he did. All right, well... Speaking of getting torched, should we should we head into Stat Station? Choo choo. Sure. Choo choo. All right. So this is Stat Station, the Jared Allen Revenge Tour edition. Uh, so this might be the final time, Simon, in this podcast that I ever get the honor of comparing DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. Uh, anyone who's listened to our interview with Steve Lichtenstein will know that. There are there is a segment of Nets Nation that uh, I don't know somehow thinks that maybe Jared Allen isn't that bad and that sorry that DeAndre Jordan isn't that bad and that Jared Allen isn't that good um, and I'm not saying that Jared Allen is going to revolutionize the center position but he was significantly better than DeAndre Jordan. And that was obvious um, by the time that he was traded uh, just by his playing time and by his contributions on the court. But we got an example right after uh, this trade happened to see what Jared Allen looks like versus DeAndre Jordan. So I wanted to, I wanted to devote staff station to this. So over those two games where we, they faced off head to head DJ versus Jarrett. Jarrett Allen had twice as many rebounds, averaging um, 8.5 versus uh, DeAndre Jordan's four. Jarrett Allen averaged four more points, 15.5 versus uh, DeAndre Jordan's 11. Uh, but the real difference, Simon, and this was always the case, came in net rating. <laughs> Uh, Jarrett had a positive 12.5 net rating over those two games, whereas DeAndre Jordan had a negative 8.8 rating. <laughs> so over 20-point disparity in those two. Um, and for a little bit more in the advanced numbers realm, Jarrett Allen had a 19.5 uh, pi rating, player impact uh, whatever the hell it estimate. is. Estimate. Estimate, yes. Player impact estimate. Whereas DeAndre Jordan had a piddling 8.5. Um, so, you know, it's just, it was, it really nailed home what a huge loss Jared Allen was. Did you see the um, dunk that he had over Joe Harris? No. So there's a dunk that NBA, um, the NBA uh, Instagram highlighted the, and it was Jared Allen getting a pass from Colin Sexton in the lane and just tomahawking it over Joe <laughs> Harris. And Jared gives a look at Joe Harris and then just starts backpedaling. And this huge smile comes across his face. And I just, it like viscerally tore at my heart. Cause it was like, this is just a guy that was so easy to love and to root for. He was such a cool addition um, on the Nets team. He was our young guy who was growing and developing. And like from the very first season when we thought he'd just be a G leaguer and he started, he, he started tons of games that season to now where he's really developed into an impact center in the league uh, both defensively and offensively and we just 
let it go. And in his place, we have this fucking albatross contract of DeAndre Jordan, who is the laziest, most despicable defender in the NBA. <laughs> like, the guy doesn't move out of the restricted zone. I was watching a game the other day, and and they called a defensive four seconds, right? Which is almost never called, right? When the mm-hmm. defender's in the lane for four seconds. And I, I, I'm going to watch the game tonight. And I, anytime the Nets are on defense and Jordan's in the game, I'm just going to watch him. And I, I'm going to count how many consecutive defensive four seconds he would get because he never leaves the lane. He just stands in there the entire time he's on defense. He never comes out. He won't challenge shots. He won't do anything. He's just fucking cemented to that little restricted zone. He, I, I was going to say he, he not only – doesn't leave the paint but often when someone is charging through the paint he he will it, it sort of pretend like he doesn't see them like he'll he'll sort of give a like hear no evil see no evil approach to to somebody who's about to score uh and just allow them to <laughs> to just get i mean we gave up 60 something points in the in the paint yeah no uh, it, it, i think it was 70 uh, but yeah, no, it was it was insane the rebounding disparity, which has been an issue all year, even when Jarrett was on the team, but is obviously exacerbated now. DeAndre Jordan is a, is just a miserable. I mean, I don't think that there's a worse starting center um, in the NBA, and I know that you you probably don't have a couple off the top of your head that you could name that are that are definitively worse. I mean like his PER of sinners puts him at 45th, which would mean that he's not in the top 30, which would mean he's not one of the top, you know, starting sinners in the league. Um that obviously isn't the definitive number, but like I can't off the top of my head think of a sinner who is worse than than DeAndre Jordan who starts. Yeah. Certainly not on on any contending team. And that's like that. I mean, that's the really scary part. Is it right. like we're supposed to be a, we're supposed to be a contender, and we have the the person who anchors a defense is completely useless on defense. Yes. Uh, do you think I'm overly harsh on DeAndre Jordan? No, I don't think you can be too harsh on anyone except KD. KD um, is let, let's be positive because this is just all <laughs> we're just venting a lot of a lot of bile right now. KD is amazing to watch. Yeah. Also, Harden has been fun to watch. I love those two games with just those two out there. Yeah, um I think he yes, I I have been struck as as uh as i mentioned in the g chat that he hasn't been um getting to the line very much because um, he's you should be so grateful he's not <laughs> but the thing is like he doesn't actually shoot a good person like his career like last year he shot 44 percent. this year he's shooting 44 percent. like he's not he is efficient but i think he's efficient his efficiency is very tied to how good at free throws he he uh free throw shooting and how many free throws he gets without that. He shoots like 36% from three, 44% from, from the field. Like he's not an amazing, like Kyrie is more efficient in in terms of those things than, than James Harden. So I'm, if, if we're getting a low free throw volume guy, it's not quite the, the sort of efficiency uh, treat that, that I thought we were getting. Yeah, and I mean, of course, it's it's 
unfair to say, well, the two games with Harden and KD, they won, and Kyrie screwed everything up, but it does kind of feel like that. Yes. Um, I mean, we just don't, we don't have any defense, <laughs> and there's no way that I can see to to really get an impact. I guess you could trade your Harris or something, but like we knew before the trade that we were terrible at defense and that no, no team in however many years has ever won the championship with uh, lower than the 11th ranked defense. And we doubled down on that. We, we knew that we were going to get much worse at defense and we did it anyway. Uh, and lo and behold, I think I saw a stat that aside from the first two games, um, if you take those two games out of the equation, we are 26th in, in defense and, oh, and fading fast. So, you know, that's you, you kind of get what you what you trade all your picks for. Okay, so that <laughs> that brings us to the open roster spots. Let's do it. Okay. Simon, we have what? Two open spots plus the disabled player exception? Well the disabled yes. So the disabled player we could add someone but we'd have to cut someone. It doesn't it doesn't um give you an extra roster spot. Ah, okay. But you just have more money for it. Exactly. Okay. So I'm thinking, I don't know if you, if you agree with me, I'm thinking we're looking wings, we're looking centers. Yes. Um, can I name some wings maybe? That, and you tell me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list six wings. And you, okay. tell, me, you tell me if you're... If you're intrigued by any of these names, I like them boneless <laughs> with Parmesan sauce. Uh, all right, Michael Beasley, Jamal Crawford, Andre Roberson, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson, Corey Brewer, Michael, Kid Gilchrist. Okay, uh, sorry, hold on. You you respond to that. I'll be right back. Okay, listeners, it's just you and me now. Um, what do you really think about William? Do you think he's funny? Uh, okay. So I would say that my number one pick is Michael Kidd Gilchrist. How is that for exciting? Uh, uh I, I love that response. Thank you. And, and Roberson okay. are my two top picks. Um, now, Simon, I know it's unfair to ask you to give any reasoning or rationale for those picks, but could you tell us why? Um, defense, defense, defense. Big, uh, versatile, and defense-focused. Pretty terrible on offense. Horrible. Um, Michael kind Kidd of the reason why they're not in the league right now. Exactly. But. They are proven <laughs> bums on offense, and I would love to have either of those guys on this team. I can't believe Andre Roberson isn't on a team. Yeah, he might be bad now. I yeah, mean, I... it's true. But, but Michael, Kidd, <laughs> I think Michael Kidd Gilchrist was on a team last year, maybe even the Bucks. Yes, he was on a team for sure, for sure. Uh, which does, you know, bring you back to where, where Nick Stauskas is right now. <laughs> Not uh, on an NBA team. What about, what about... Our old friend, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I would be down. Fucking, I mean, the thing is, yeah, I, I I want anyone who's good at defense. Now, I always, I don't know about you, William, but I always felt like Rondé wasn't that good at defense. 
but because like he has to play it at least the four. <laughs> right. Um, and he's not like super big and he kind of got, um, muscled out, but maybe the league has can, you know, shifted, continued to shift down enough that, you know, he could guard some fours. He can certainly guard threes, um, which would be useful. And he's not totally terrible on defense or sorry on offense. Um, Oh, he's horrible at offense. I, you're, I know you're a defender of him. He's terrible at offense. (laughs) He can kind of, he can clean some stuff up off the, off the glass. He's got a little bit of a drive game. Yeah. I mean, he's an energy guy. He's an energy guy. We're not looking for, we're not looking for, I think we can both definitively say we don't care if we get a player that, can shoot, can score, right. can yeah. can can create offense for himself. We don't care. Exactly. Uh, we are a hundred percent defense oriented pickups. Do you think that under a Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni regime, uh, either of them gives a shit if we get more defense? Well, just hearing Steve Nash talk would indicate that he does care about defense. Um, and also that he's, you know, allegedly focusing, focused our training camp all on defense that he's, I mean, it it does seem like he does care about defense. Now the amount of time that he plays Bruce Brown would indicate otherwise. So I don't know how, you know, talk, talk is, is perhaps cheaper than, than action. Um, but I, I, I think if we had a, I, I don't know. I mean, like, what the what are you going to do, Steve? Like, your current he's going to start feeling the heat, honestly. Like, especially with this trade, if if things don't turn around, you know, and Sean Marks wants to keep his own job, he's likely to to put the the blame on on old Steve. So I think trying something different, DQing something different, um, right. might be in his best interest. Oh boy, I hope we're not to that point yet, and I don't think we will be. I think they'll give it a full season, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good right out of the gate. You know, there have been really great moments. The first two games of the season, great. Then we get, you know, we get into a funk where we're we're down. uh, We get back to five hundred, and it's it's not going well. Then we go on this four game winning streak. We get we get uh, Harden. We win two straight. We're feeling good. Kyrie comes back and we start crashing down again. It's just, it's all, it's all over the place. And that, that is the case. This is a weird season for a lot of teams. Um, but you would hope that a team that has three stars of the caliber that we do would be able to fucking beat the goddamn Cavaliers, at least split games with the Cavaliers. <laughs> like we lost, we've lost two games to the goddamn uh, Grizzlies. We've lost two we games can't. to the Cavaliers. We lose to ch- just shit teams all the yes. time. And uh, that's just something you can't do in an NBA regular season when you're, when, when you got to be in the top six at least um, in order yeah. to avoid the play-in. And <laughs> you're just punting these games against shit teams. What happens when we play real teams? And that's the thing. Like, they, they seem to get up for games like the Bucks and the Celtics and the Warriors, and they, they come out and they have something to prove. But these other games, it's just really sad. They're, they 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 I don't know if they don't care, they don't take it seriously, or... Uh, or maybe it is just that they don't have the personnel to ever guard a team. 
Yeah, I think it's a combination. Yeah. I think they've got to be able to be a little bit better on defense than they are. Yeah. Some of it is giving a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so what centers out there? I've got four names written down. I'll read them off to you. But but please, if there's a center or or wing or literally anyone Simon, <laughs> that you that you want that I haven't named, please let me know. These four centers have been floated as potential guys other than Norvell Pele, who we can talk about if you want. And I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. I, I've never heard it said out loud. I'm, I'm just reading it really for maybe the third or fourth time in my life um, right now. And it's all in the last 24 hours. Uh, all right. So the other centers other than Norvell Pele, who we will discuss, don't worry, at length, and a seven-foot, three-and-a-half-inch wingspan, uh, which is pretty big. Um, Dwayne Dedman, Tyson Chandler, Kenneth Fareed, former net, uh, JaVale McGee. Uh, are any of those four interesting to you? Um, JaVale is interesting. He's... Someone that I think could be described as an NBA player. Yes. Uh, did and, basically didn't end up uh, playing in the conference finals or finals for the Los Angeles Lakers last year, um, but did start for them for the majority of the season. So yes, can give you perfectly good rotation minutes in a regular season. Right. Um, and was at least a part of an uh, an incredibly good defensive team. Yes, I don't Definitely. know. He's a kind great of a rim protector. He's a great rim okay. protector for okay. sure. Well, that's all I need, honestly. Like that, I have such low standards right now. It, just so long as it's not another bucket getter. <laughs> uh, like again, I would be truly freaked out if 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 we sign Jamal Crawford. Though I I like Jamal Crawford. I think on another team he could be good. Uh, but, yes, just somebody who is good at defense, somebody who's good at rebounding, um, and somebody who, right, for a center who blocks shots. Like, that is something quite tantalizing about Pele. Do you want to talk about him? Sure. Let's. I mean, you know, it's got to come up in any, in any civilized conversation. You've got right. to bring up Norvell Pele. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, I've got this written down about him. Uh-huh. Seven foot three and a half inch wingspan, six foot ten height, averaged one point three blocks in under ten minutes a game. Thoughts and feelings? Question <laughs> mark. I think that's directed at you because I okay. certainly, I've I've basically told you my thoughts and feelings, which is a rote <laughs> recitation of his size and one particular stat I read. Yes. So, um. That sounds like perfection to me. Anyone who can block a shot is, you know, worthy of my time and attention. Uh, and he, yes, yeah, that's like, I don't know, more than three blocks per 36, um, which sounds good. Uh, I mean, the fact that he does average so many blocks and is not in the NBA indicates to me that he has some weaknesses in his game uh, <laughs> because that's quite, you know, that uh, blocking shots is quite a valuable skill in today's NBA and he is good at it. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's got to be better than Reggie Perry and 
um, who again, I no disrespect to Reggie Perry. Glad we snagged him with like the fifty something pick. Um, but maybe he's not good enough to be our second string um, center right, right now. A second string. I don't think the 55th pick of this year's, uh, <laughs> by all accounts, weak draft is ready to be the backup center on a championship level team. Yes, exa- exactly. They, I, don't think well- that, I don't think that is throwing shade at Reggie Perry, who I also am very excited about. I think he yes. could be great one day. Uh, but right. I don't think this is the year to have to rely <laughs> upon Reggie Perry to to lead the second unit at, from the from the center position. Um, do you think that any of the centers that I mentioned would start over DeAndre Jordan, like a JaVale McGee or a Dwayne Dedman? I think I both of them are better. I mean, and I think especially Deadman, who you're you're totally right, as you mentioned in the chat, was not necessarily known for being defensive minded. But um, I think that, uh, yes, it would be exciting to have um, a a legit stretch five um, who's not Jeff Green, um, who shout out to Jeff Green. Talk about somebody who's getting a lot more minutes than they probably thought they were going to (laughs) get. Uh, are f- thought to be maybe 14th or 12th, 12th guy um, is getting at least 30-some minutes. No, huge play, huge play. Um, okay, well, anyone that I didn't mention, Simon, that you are hoping the Nets sign, do you think there's going to be a signing in the next week or so? I, I think there has to be a signing in the next six or seven days to get our roster up to 14. I think that's the, the minimum, um, within two weeks of the trade, I think. So I believe there has to be another person. I hope, hope to God it is a wing. Um, I think Pele has sated my thirst for now for a rim protecting big. Um, but, uh, yes, we don't have anyone who guards wings. We don't have anyone who guards anyone except Bruce Brown. <laughs> no, very true. Okay, so let's move on to our uh, zany, wild, special, fun segment of this evening's podcast. <laughs> trio, Simon. Trio. What am I? What is that? Uh, an illusion. Chia. 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 Pets. Okay, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so Simon suggested this theme or fun segment for today's cast. Do you want to describe it, Simon? Yes, me oh my oh, it's trio. Hi oh, <laughs> love it. Uh, this is a segment where <laughs> I dangle my head off of a couch in complete existential despair as uh, the microphone gets further and further from my mouth. <laughs> trio, trio, me <laughs> Um Yes, this is famous trios compared to our famous trio uh, of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. Perfect. So I came up with three trios, obviously, Great. you know, because that's the theme. Yes. Uh, how many did you do? I I can have three, yeah. Okay. I, I may have as many as four, but 
I think three is a good number. Do you do you want to go first and just start this thing off with a bang? <laughs> sure. So my first one is kind of a stretch on the trio theme, but I think is is fair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is the famous trio of um, of Scorsese actors: uh, Al Pacino. <laughs> Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. And Joe Pesci. Okay. Joe Pesci, clearly Kyrie. Um, <laughs> got a bad attitude and he's short. <laughs> um, uh, Al Pacino is or is um, James Harden because he's a party animal, at least in Scarface. Um, he's going out all night. He's being <laughs> Scar- reckless. Scarface, a famous not Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> right, right. But he is Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Undeniably. And, and, okay, this one's the really good one, I think. Um, Robert De Niro is Kevin Durant because I'm thinking of Robert De Niro's character in Goodfellas. Where like Joe Pesci is going nuts and he's you know he's easily offended he's a hothead yeah and I can My easily cloud see you? yeah yeah I, I am I, exactly I am imagining Kevin Durant as uh, Robert De Niro in that scenario going yeah you offended him a little bit <laughs> yeah Kyrie's not gonna bit. play because um, little little bit little bit a little, little bit, bit. <laughs> you you upset him a little bit. <laughs> Very, very, very good. Uh, great start to this very, very fun segment. Um, so, Simon, as you know and our our listeners know, I'm a deeply religious man. Yes. <laughs> we used to we used to hit on the anti Christianity stuff a lot harder on this show. Yeah, Remember when we had like forward. one listener for a while? Yes. <laughs> I started talking shit about young-ish people and Christians, and he was like, hey, I'm 17 and a Christian. Yes, I do remember that uh, Anyway, so anyway, I'm a deeply (laughs) religious man, as everyone who listens to this show uh, knows. So my first trio, Simon, is none other than the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Great, 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 great. So KD is the father. He's godlike. He's the most uh, I don't know sublime of them all. Uh, the son is Harden because he's pretty good, right? Like he's basically God, but he's also has some. You know, he was made a man, and he Mary Magdalene. He's he's there's temptation. I don't know. He's got he's got some flaws. He's not a, he's not yeah, a, just yeah. a full on god sure. like KD. Um, sure. And then I don't really know what the Holy Ghost is or does in this trio, in spite uh-huh. of my deep religiosity. Um, uh-huh. But I would say that the Holy Ghost, just name alone, uh, <laughs> it, Kyrie has been ghosting the team okay. a little bit. And yes, he has. In addition to ghosting the team currently, he also haunts every team he goes to um, in terms of, I don't know, torturing and ruining the culture and things like that. So I'm sure that's not what the Holy Ghost does in in strict Christian doctrine, which I adhere to. But um, <laughs> But that's my interpretation of the Holy Ghost for this particular exercise. Excellent. 
Excellent. Holy okay. Ghost or Holy Spirit? Holy. I think either one. Okay. I'm not a good person to be okay. fact checking this. <laughs> All right. All right. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is the Three Ninjas. Did you ever see the Three Ninjas? Of course. The I children's film. Maybe had a poster of it. I don't know. I love that movie. Yeah. Great, great. Well, you'll love my comparisons. Uh, the first and easiest one is James Harden is Tum Tum, the chubby one. Yeah. The f- <laughs> uh, then the differently weighted one. Yes, he's differently weighted, and his name is Tum Tum. <laughs> <laughs> then Colt, who is the little guy, the little bit fiery guy. He's fiery. He's Kyrie. <laughs> did you please tell me you had to look these names up? You I can't did. possibly well, Tom, remember. Tom, Tom, I remembered. Tom, Tom, I remembered, and he's the only reason I did this, and that it's a trio. Um, and then Rocky is the leader. He, he's the wise leader of the three children, um, and he's Kevin Durant. Huh. Great. Okay. Uh, my next one. Good one. Sorry. Good one. Very good one. Three ninjas. Uh, you've got your finger on the pulse right now. Tell us your favorite three ninja. At maybe next time at gmail.com. Were you a child in 1994? <laughs> Otherwise, this one won't hit quite as hard. As no, three ninjas hasn't stood the test of time. It didn't. I mean, I, I do remember loving it, but I was eight when it came out so <laughs> that's about Tum Tum's age yeah um, I identified with Tum Tum quite a lot at the time okay anyway my next one Simon <laughs> Emily's Pizza do you know Emily's Pizza what no Emily's Pizza on Fulton it's got it's oh, got like I've that. I've gotten it a couple of times. Yes, I love Emily's Pizza. Yeah, I'm Emily's sorry. Pizza's thought... amazing. Yeah, okay. Emily's Pizza's okay. amazing. So they've got three types of pie there, Simon. Oh my god! They got red pie, white pie, green pie. Mm-hmm. You use red sauce, white sauce, green sauce. <laughs> so that's my trio. Okay. 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 Uh, white sauce for me is KD because I think white sauce pizza has the highest ceiling of all of them. Okay. I wouldn't say I, I generally go for a white pizza, but like a great white sauce pizza is going to be greater than any other type of pizza. Okay. Got it. Uh, Harden's going to be my red sauce. It's dependable. It's really good, but maybe slightly less high of a ceiling as the white sauce. And then green sauce who the fuck gets green sauce, right? Oh, I like a pesto. A pesto. I, mean, I don't mm. mind a pesto in general, but I never get it on pizza. Do you? Oh, uh, William, you and I actually disagree on this because I think white is the is the pizza to avoid. Oh wow, 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 wow! Controversy. Yeah. Maybe next time, land. That's right. Sorry, Nets Nation. There's an internecine war raging here. Uh, anyway, so I don't like green sauce the most, um, though I probably have never actually ordered or had a green sauce pizza. Um, it's Kyrie. I don't like Kyrie. <laughs> I don't know if that's clear. I mean, that's... I saw that I don't like him. He's a wonderful player to watch, uh, but I think he's ruining the team, and I hope he's <laughs> traded. Yes. Okay. So this, my last one, William, is a really outside the bun thing and a bit controversial. And I don't even know that I, I am not subscribing to it. I'm just fitting the pieces where they go. <laughs> uh, Nirvana, famous what? rock band yeah. and trio. Oh, three, three. Yeah, right. 
people. Three members. Yep. So for this one, walk with me, talk with me here. Kurt Cobain is actually Kyrie Irving. Now you might say, well, Kurt Cobain is the most famous and yeah. the most beloved of the I three. I would give How it to that, Foo Fighters, dude. How could that be Kyrie? Well, watch me here. Because Kurt Cobain, for all of his talent and for how beloved he was, was also the one that people were most concerned about with great reason. Um, and was like, you know, always like, oh, God, is he going to show up? Ooh, he's in a coma. Yikes. Like, you know, lots of lots of concern. Not a very dependable guy. Um, and to me is the classic Kyrie for that reason. Huh. Then you move on to Dave Grohl, <laughs> okay, the Foo yeah. Fighters guy. Yeah, that, to me, is a classic James Harden, okay? Yeah. He's got a band that, that lots of people have heard of. He's a good drummer. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's got a lot to recommend him, but nobody, unless you are, you know, kind of a weird person, thinks that, like, Foo Fighters is their favorite band, right? Like, it's a fine enough band for the particular time period, and it's something that people have all heard of, but no one is going crazy for it. And similarly, James Harden, um, you know, no championship, not really a guy who's like a number one on a championship team, it doesn't seem like. The third one, this is where I really have to stretch. Uh, Chris Novoselic. Kevin Durant. You might say that's outrageous. No one's ever heard of Chris Novoselic. Kevin Durant is one of the most famous basketball players of all time. I might say that. Sure, sure. Absolutely correct. But, but, check this out, okay? Yeah. Chris Novoselic, not successful outside of um, Nirvana, where he shared, where he shares the stage with two very famous people. Okay, Uh the knock on Kevin Durant has long been, can he win a championship on a team where he's not, uh, you know, buttressed by at least one um, other Hall of Famer and two other uh, very, very, very good players? Wasn't Chris Novacelic in another band that was kind of good? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Well. Something to spend some time thinking about anyway. <laughs> All right. My final trio, Simon. I hated that one. My final trio. <laughs> Nets, Mets, Jets. Oh, okay. Nets, Mets, Jets. Uh, for me, KD is the Mets. Uh, they've had at least some glory, right? They've won some World Series, I think. Yep. Okay, so he's the Mets because he's the best. Uh, Harden's the Jets because I think they have won a Super Bowl or two, haven't they? Wait, have the Mets won a championship? I don't remember. A World World Series? I assume they have. I don't follow baseball that closely. Uh, I think they did in the 80s. Okay. Yes, they won in. They won, Simon, you'll you'll remember now that I tell you. They won back in 1969. Uh, and in 1986, when I was two. Right, okay. Uh, so that's pretty good. And then Harden is the Jets, because they have also had some success. Mm-hmm. I, have they won a Super Bowl? Do you know? I don't know. For as long as I've lived here, they have been absolutely horrible. 
Uh, they've won one Super Bowl. Okay, so KD is the two super, two championship thing. Uh, Harden is the one with uh-huh. the uh, 1969 New York Jets. They pummeled the Baltimore Colts 16-7. to <laughs> Uh, helmed by head coach Robert Sala. <laughs> hey, Jets heads out there, gotta be going wild for this one. Oh my god! I just clicked on Robert Sala like Google search, and the first thing. Uh, never mind. Uh, Google it yourself and see what the first thing for people also ask is. It's ridiculous. Um, and the the final. One would be the Nets, which I would say is Kyrie, because they're still seeking greatness in all the wrong places. Yes. Great. We've never won. We've never won a championship. One day, though, maybe this year. Maybe this year. What do you think? Me- where, nope. where, where are you putting the odds at right now? Last week, I feel like I, feel like I, was, I was high. High, high, high on the Nets. I, I was really excited about this trade. I still think it's going to work with Harden. I think he's good enough and Durant is good enough to make this work. I just think they need to figure out how to bring that usage rate down, down, down for Kyrie um, to make this thing really work. Yeah. Um, I I was certainly more up uh, last week. Very, very down. I think I'm as down on the Nets this week as I have been since we started this podcast. Oh my god. How is that possible? Because we stink. We're not good at defense at all. We're so bad at defense. But we have me, a really amazing offense. Uh, but it's not so awesome that it can't lose to the Cavs. Do you hope... Who would you rather see get traded? Let's put it this way. Who would you rather mm-hmm. see get traded? Kyrie or DeAndre? Um... Kyrie. Why? Just because we'd be able to get anything back, whereas with yes. DeAndre... If you're, if you're trading DeAndre... We don't have enough picks in the world to be ex- able to exactly. give Exactly. I don't know what sweetener right. we have. We're, we're all out of... We're, we're down to the uh, sweeten lows, which is a truly disgusting sweetener. It's gross. I can't believe we didn't get P.J. Tucker in that goddamn trade. It would have been good. It would have been great. Um, all right, Simon, do you think that, uh, like, were you a listener, would you mm-hmm. rate and review this show? Yes, I would. I would give it five stars. Your review does not have to be funny or lengthy, but it would be truly great if it could be five stars. <laughs> uh, so follow us, rate us, review us, um, send us a question, maybe next time at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Who? What trio... Do you think our trio is most like? Yes. Uh, are they are they red sauce, white sauce, green sauce? Right. Is Joe Harris D'Artagnan? <laughs> oh, right. The Three Musketeers was the whole sort of uh, reason yeah, we did this thing. I don't know enough about the Musketeers to. I don't either. Um, I remember seeing the the film as a kid. Me too. With Loved that, it. Who was that really handsome guy in it? Yes. What was it? Chris O'Donnell? Maybe? Chris O'Donnell. No. Yeah, Chris yeah, O'Donnell. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. He was D'Artagnan. Yes, yes, he certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we have gone deep on 90s children's <laughs> movies in this episode. So you're welcome for that. Uh, and we will go ahead and uh, 
See ya, Nessa. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like.